But this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot, that's in! Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it 1-0 Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest-running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! Good day, good night, and welcome to a special historical edition of Off the Woodworks post game here. And I'm joined with my good friend from New York who follows the CONCACAF Champions League as much, if not more, than I do. How you doing, Daniel Firestein? Oh, Kevin, let me tell you something. First of all, I'm just as spent as you are and everyone wow. over in Montreal. Because, I'm exhausted. My heart oh. couldn't take it. I think my my pressure and my pulse went up to 178 through the whole game. I'm like, I'm almost died today. I know. I know. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I I mean, I'm still speechless. I mean, what a second leg. What a second leg that we saw over in Aluenza, just outside of, coast, of uh, San Jose, Costa Rica. And I'll be honest with you right now. You probably remember this. Everyone in Montreal probably remembers this. This took me back to the Impact Santos Laguna second leg quarterfinal. The famous ghosts, the demons of Santos Laguna were exercised tonight. Oh, they really were, because I'm telling you right now, I thought was close. the impact, I thought, I mean, look, uh, they, they played well as they, as they could. And at times, defensively, there were some lapses. Uh, we know that these games away from North America, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if there's going to be uh, a foul that could cost you a match and boy oh boy i gotta say this right now montreal yeah i'll say they bent but they didn't break and that's the most important thing because those away goals that they scored in the second leg jack McInerney uh inside the final minutes of the first half before you get to stoppage time and of course andreas uh romero that was a huge goal. That was a huge second away goal. If it wasn't and for that goal, Montreal would have been eliminated tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where you got to thank your lucky stars exactly. for that second away goal. Exactly. So the game finished 4-2 for Alawalense. Liga Deportiva scored four goals at home but allowed two. And those two goals combined with the two goals that Montreal scored at home makes them equal. But... Moves on because of the famous away goals rule. And it's the first time in a long time the away goal is allowed in CONCACAF. And the Impact are taking advantage of it for the second series in a row. And again, eliminating a team that were considered a favorite heading into this duel. Absolutely. I mean, look, what we saw from Alouenza in the first leg of the quarterfinals against DC United. First of all, Alouenza was the better side, no doubt about it. But secondly, D.C. United was absolutely in shambles, and they just did not play the game they were supposed to play at the same time. Uh, We can just say it right now. D.C. United did not look good in that first leg in the quarterfinal on the road, and even though they tried to make a game out of it, or at least a tie out of it in the second leg down at RFK, it was just too little too late. But still, though, 
Montreal comes up big, the impact comes up big, and you just have to say that th- their nerve was tested. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just it's not just the opposition, but it's the the home side opposition with all the fans in their seats. I mean, I I don't want to be negative. I don't want to try and pick a negative against Costa Rican supporters, obviously, or Alouette supporters. But well, still, they did Evan, threw coins and a shoe at Evan Bush during the game. Yes, yes, they did, and that's what I was about to say. Uh, that that was terrible, and that was despicable. It's despicable, and even Dominic, yeah, it's despicable. It was despicable. Even what happened to Dominic Oduro, I mean, he gets fouled fine, but then you, there's like a shoe, there's something like, make, I don't know. Piazza someone... gets steps on and then gets stomps and th- exactly hand to the throat. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. There was a lot of foul play from the Alavalense players towards the Montreal, like intimidation tactics that were not uh, severe, that were not punished by the referee Aguilar tonight. Absolutely. And you know what, though? Here's the thing. I mean, obviously, people don't want to talk about, well, how come Evan Bush gets booked for time-wasting? When well, he did time-waste a lot is, of times. He, he was he wanted, did. yeah. He did. Yeah, he was. I mean, he got, I mean, that was the third warning, let's be honest. So he, got, uh, <laughs> yeah. got, he got warned for time-wasting when he got fouled. But the guy McDonald's. got tackled all game long by McDonald, got coins thrown and landed in the back of his skull. I'm sure yep. he was bleeding by the end of the game. Got th- shoes thrown. And Audrey got like small, like it was like plastic red blocks thrown at him. It, it was really dirty in that sense. And Montreal just hold on and were able to survive. Uh, one thing that really caught my attention, Daniel, in the beginning of the game, the, the <laughs> first 40 minutes, Montreal got dominated. But uh, one thing they were doing, Alawalense, uh, they were never able to finish. They were crossing the ball into the box. And Baki Sumari and Lagasima were able to clear all those uh, those crosses. And they were able to clear the lines and able to keep holding on to for dear life. And, and the things changed when Alawalense decided to use the midfield and expose Real Coker tonight. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that went against Aluenza in that first half. And you're absolutely correct. Because even though they probably dominated possession in the first half, they probably dominated uh, the time, you know, uh, you know, with the crossing of the ball, bringing the ball up the field. The crosses did not connect. The passes did not connect. And even if they did have an opportunity to shoot on frame, it would either be wide of the posts, over the crossbar, or they would just commit a stupid, silly foul that they should never have been booked for. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like you said before, intimidation tactics, they don't need to pull that crap, to be honest with you. They're, it's intimidating enough for, being in that stadium. For them, they feel it's almost an asset. It's almost one of their strengths to pull that off. Even though, in our point of view, in our mind, it's illegal tactics in their point of view, in their experience, and the way they deal with those type of things down there. It's it's normal life. So it's really the meaning of two cultures that usually uh, we don't finish on top, but today was an exception. Absolutely. And, of course, everything was starting to work for them in the second half. They scored all their goals in both legs. All through the midfield, too. In the second too. half. All, all throughout through, the midfield. They, here, here are the, yeah. Kevin, here are the stats for this match right now. Alouenza with shots 16, Montreal with 11. Uh, uh, 26, corners, 26 shots for Alouenza. Oh really? It says yeah. sixteen eleven over here, but I'm on the Concacaf site, so okay. probably probably they lost track in the second half because the action was so good. <laughs> but uh, but listen, here's it: uh, three two corners in favor of Aluenza. Montreal offside six two uh, fouls fifteen Montreal ten Aluenza. Yeah, Montreal way six, way more many fouls. Well, it was one of the problems of this game. I'll do it. The amount of fouls that Montreal 
did concede to Alawalense, and the set pieces off those fouls really were a problem. Pablo Gablas were able to create chances and score twice offset pieces. Yes, they were not directly, but they were offset pieces play after. They were directly involved in the second half. Absolutely. But I have to say this about Jack McInerney. First of all, what a goal. Uh, great goal. Great goal in the 42nd minute. Uh, but by yeah, hats off, before, just uh, quickly, hats off to Cabrera and Arduro with the creation they did on the flank, on the left flank, uh, right flank, sorry. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. before that cross. Uh, two overlapping that eventually Cabrera saw the opening for Ajero to overstep his uh, marker. Absolutely. But here's the here's the negative about Jack McInerney. Look, I understand he didn't like the way Aloenza was playing or doing all those tactics just to intimidate. And you saw what happened when he got subbed out. He, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. it was a right cross or it was a smack across the face. A stiff arm uh, or something. Al- yeah, exactly, a stiff arm. But I'm telling you, he got he's lucky he got booked because if he got sent off, forget it. He wouldn't even be in the first leg well, because if you, he gets sent he, off, Bernier doesn't come in. Bernier doesn't do a, an assist on Romero's goal. Montreal gets eliminated. Very exactly, and that's the thing that Jack McInerney needs to do because depending on whether they go back to Costa Rica or Club America does the impossible on uh, Herdiano, you know, either going back to Costa Rica in the first leg or going to the Estadio Azteca for the first leg in the final, McInerney is going to really have to. Keep his emotions in check because if he's going to fall apart like that again, uh, he's done for the entire he's done for the entire series in the final. And don't forget, everybody, this is a two leg final. It's not yep. a single game. It's a two legged final. And the second leg is April 29th at the Olympic Stadium in Montreal. And let's pack this stadium. Tickets will be on sale at the beginning of uh, actually this Friday or next Monday. They will be on sale. And just let's pack this big go. Let's put 55, 60,000. Let's show either the Costa Ricans from Meridiano or the American from Club America who's the boss. We have home field advantage. The second leg is in Montreal. Let's pack the big go. And we were on a quest for a moment. Now it became a quest for gold. Let's go get that trophy. Absolutely. And let me just say this. Congratulations to Montreal. And congratulations, Canadian Soccer Association as well. Not only is this the second MLS team to make the CONCACAF Champions League final, but the first Canadian side to reach this moment right now. Uh, you're equal to Real Salt Lake and Montreal. I mean, we have to say it. You're, you've gone better than Toronto. Uh, obviously, Vancouver hasn't reached this yet, and they're going to do it in the next edition that's coming up in August, obviously. Yep. But still, but they still this never is won a the great, great cup. That's funny. That, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but still, though, this is a great moment in Montreal. This is a great moment for Canadian soccer. Live it up. I say keep on going. Uh, have a drink on me. It's Passover for me, so I still I can't touch alcohol till Saturday night, but that's okay. <laughs> but still, I'll be in Montreal's corner for this final. And don't forget, everyone, if you want to hear the post game or at least the review show this Friday at Four Scenes Fire, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Four Scenes Fire. Kevin is definitely going to be sharing it, so don't worry. Kevin will be on my guest uh, this coming Friday. His segment will be at 8.15. But once again, Kevin, very happy for Montreal, very happy for the impact, very happy for Canada. Uh, this is a moment that they have truly deserved. One thing that really surprised me, Daniel, and I'll be honest about it, the hashtag MLS for Montreal, fans from around MLS we're cheering for Montreal tonight. Uh, media from around the league, uh, journalists covering 
usually their own MLS team were following Montreal tonight, tweeting, Facebooking, and talking about it, and really encourage on social media uh, the Montreal fans. And I really was surprised by that. I, uh, usually, we us in Montreal that are MLS fans and we cover MLS are we think of us a little bit forgotten by MLS because we're in the second country. It's like the two solitudes of Major League Soccer. But uh, on this night, I really felt the support from uh, the country down south. Absolutely. You know, once again, we're all here trying to move forward the game in North America, whether, you know, it's Canada versus Mexico, Mexico versus the U.S., or U.S. versus Canada, vice versa, everything else like that. In all reality, while we will always support our our own sides when we want to see this league become big. And as look, Don Garber has continued to say, you know, he wants major league soccer to be at least a top 10 league in the world. And I understand where he's coming from and I understand what he wants to do. Uh, more needs to be done on that aspect, but still we also need to see how not only what us soccer does, but what the CSA does in Canada. And if they can both, federations can move forward and at the same time we have to give credit to jeffrey webb uh who is the president of Concacaf. he has cleaned things up mm-hmm. in Concacaf. uh That's and there changing, to be done but yeah he did clean things up he, he did clean things up and you are absolutely correct more needs to be done i keep saying this all the time more needs to be done to get Concacaf as uh, probably the next power in world in world soccer world world football or maybe the uh, second best in the world after europe well, that, that that's absolutely. the spot we're, we're, absolutely. we're working towards for absolutely but as but you know what i'm trying to say i'm not oh, yeah. trying to disrespect anybody all i'm saying is like like what you're saying this is where we need to get better and hopefully uh, if it is montreal and we'll see what happens tomorrow night with club america and herdiano uh, whoever is going to be the next uh, the next club side to be that CONCACAF representative club World Cup, hopefully their names will be written in the stars and on that little FIFA trophy saying, hey, we beat the best in uh, Africa, South America, Asia, Oceania, and Europe. Can you imagine the Montreal Impact versus Barcelona? Holy crap with... Uh... Then the defend maybe not the defender, but holy crap, would Rio Coker get exposed then? Yeah, it could be, or maybe it's uh, you never know. Like, maybe don't get me wrong, he had a good uh, 20 minutes to start the game, but then he just felt like the altitude and the heat maybe caught up to him. Probably so, but I also want to say this, and while it's nice to think that you know the impact are going to represent Canada in the final and they're going to represent the city in the final of Montreal. They should also represent Cameron Porter because, let's be honest, if it's not that goal in the second leg that ties it up on aggregate, but it put them ahead because they had the away goals. Funny story about Porter. Do you know where you where he was tonight? Uh, was he somewhere in Montreal? He was at a supporters bar with the ultras at Café Frappé tonight to watch the game. So uh, talking uh, about a real... A real of real. He's a real guy. He's a real dude. And I think he really fell in love with the city, with the amount of love the city showed him after his goal. I think he's a Montreal forever now. Good for him because you know what? He worked hard. He really, really 
worked hard to get into position. How many times have we said this? Thank you for not going down when you got fouled. Yeah, exactly. Said, you, he did not go down. And you know what? Because if it would be anyone else. Jack Mack would probably it, go down, but that's what ifs. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. And let me say this about Jack McInerney as well. He should be thankful in a certain way that Porter uh, got, got that yeah. season-ending injury. Because I'm telling you this right now. Up to this point, Porter has done more than what McInerney has done in his MLS career. That's the truth. That is the God's honest truth. McInerney, right now, he sees his opportunity. He's taken advantage of his opportunity. That started in the uh, 2-2 draw against Orlando at the Olympic Stadium. And look at the goal he scored. Goal of the week, yeah. Goal of the week. He also, I'll say this right now, he's lucky he didn't get sent off. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't get sent off that it was only a yellow because I'm telling you right now, as you said, the substitution would not be allowed. One question before I let you go, Daniel. It's important for me that you have a different opinion because you're you're an outsider from here, from Montreal, and you've been following soccer for decades. Everybody's talking about like it's the biggest game in Canadian soccer history. For sure, it's the biggest game in the club and probably the province history. Would you consider it, as an outsider who's seen Canada perform over the years or not perform over the years, would you would you think this game is probably the biggest game in club history, at least for Canada? Oh, I would agree with that, yeah. I definitely would agree with that because, you know, Toronto had their moments. Uh, like, Toronto... Like, we agreed a World Cup game for Canada in 86 was bigger than this, but this, for club right. football, was probably big. No, this is... You know, you're absolutely correct. This is big for the for the club side's in Canada, um, I would say, you know, I mean, Toronto upsetting the Galaxy in the Champions League, that was huge, especially that road game in the second leg all the way over in Carson. I mean, unfortunately, um, they didn't do well in the semifinals against Santos Laguna, but then again, Santos Laguna at the time was a big powerhouse in Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, Montreal, uh, you know, they are showing a lot of confidence Um you got to give Frank Klopas a lot of credit for planning not only to handle Pachuca in the quarterfinals by, you know, getting that training camp in Mexico so they can uh, acclimate. And, of course, obviously our club, our, our, our league match with the Red Bulls and the impact that was supposed to be this past Saturday was moved to the end of October, like around the middle of October. Yeah. So for the Red Bulls to say, yeah, we'll step aside from Montreal so they can, you know, acclimate down in uh, Costa Rica and San Jose. I mean, look, you know, right now, uh, Montreal is doing everything right. And yeah, I'll, I'll say this with you again. And I agree with you. I think this is the best moment for Canadian club soccer, uh, going forward in the CONCACAF champions league, because right now Montreal is in the driver's seat. And, uh, now all you have to do is just sit back, relax, watch what happens between club America and Herdiano. And either you're going to go back to Costa Rica for that first leg, or you're going to head over to the nasty Mexico and the dreaded City. Estadio Azteca. And I'll say this right now. That game will be played at night, so you're not going to worry about the smog. Altitude will still be a killer, but you don't have to worry about the smog. And I really think uh, for – I mean, I don't know how it is in club football in that, in that stadium, but for the national team, I think you know and I know, yeah. of course, it's a big hell to get down there. Maybe not as hellish as it used to be, but it's still just enough to scare the shit out of you. Just to finish the, the thought, what would be more important for a club of Major League Soccer, like either the Impact or the Red Bulls or any other club, to win the Champions League or to win the MLS Cup? Which is more important and which do you think a club 
we know the club favors the MLS Cup. What do you think is more important uh, as a whole over the long run? Well, obviously, you want to win a league championship. I mean, you know, that's the most important thing. You want to be the best in the league throughout that entire season. But if you have an opportunity to do real damage international cup competition in CONCACAF Champions League play, you know, you're going to have to go for it. And I'm not saying you have to sacrifice everything else, but the truth of the matter is this. Whatever you are involved in, you got to go for it. You got to challenge. You got to go out there and you have to go and at least really try to go as far as you can. I mean, obviously, people will be saying to me, hey, look, you know, you, you, you're a Red Bulls fan. You know, you support the Red Bulls. You cover the Red Bulls. You know, they were in the same group as Montreal. And the sad thing is this, is that if Sire Sen does not take the penalty, or he at least he converts the penalty properly, or he allows Peggy Luyendula to take the penalty, you know, that game is 1-0 Red Bulls. And then we would have had a fight to the finish in that final uh, group stage match with Montreal, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we probably would have seen maybe Tim Cahill. We probably would have seen uh, Thierry Henry, and we would have seen a f- nearly a full-strength squad for the Red Bulls, and the same thing for the Impact. We would have seen a full-strength squad fighting for that final spot. Now, I'm not saying the Red Bulls would have gone as far as Montreal has, but I will say this. At least that final group stage match, that would have been a real fight to the death. It's funny. There's a lot of those moments during the Montreal Impacts run in the CCL. In any team's run in those type of tournaments, there's a lot of what if in that moment. Example, if Porter did not put the ball in, we would never be here. If that referee, Drew Fisher, would not have called, have done a no call in the game versus FC Edmonton against Montreal in the preliminary round of the World Just Cup last year, Montreal Impact would not have been in the CONCACAF Champions League to begin with. There's like four of five of those what-if moment calls or just instant moment on the pitch that happened during the Montreal Impacts run, and it makes it a little bit more magical. Absolutely. There's always... This is why this game is so wonderful to watch, and that's why it's called the beautiful game, because there's all these what-ifs that are going to pop up. All these what-ifs of, oh, look what happened at that in that moment in the 35th minute or in the 60th minute or in the 80th minute. Second half stoppage time. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen when those moments pop up. And even if they don't pop up, it's a what if because you never know. You never know how a match is going to be officiated, especially a CONCACAF, obviously. But, you know, once again, Kevin, there's a lot of what ifs going on here. Now, I'm not here to diminish what Montreal has done, obviously. Montreal has deserved their spot in the Champions League, in the knockout stages. They have done absolutely a great job getting to this point. If the Red Bulls at that time in El Salvador on the road at FAS, if they would have just converted the penalty, we could have had a duel to the death in the final group stage match. It did not happen. Montreal earned their spot. The Red Bulls failed to get their spot. They failed to get that spot. And Montreal has done a great job. You know, they didn't need to uh, do anything big in that last match except maybe win their first game at Red Bull Arena, whether through MLS League competition or CONCACAF Champions League competition. It didn't happen. Connor laid with the equalizer. But still, though, once again, I'm not here to diminish what Montreal has done. Montreal has deserved this. Montreal deserves to go through. And the impact right now are on cloud nine. And here's the one thing that 
these players need to understand right now is this. Depending on where you're going, if you're going back to Costa Rica, it's going to be the same thing all over again, but you got to really calm your nerves and you cannot worry about who's officiating the match because we already have seen it on several occasions in that second leg, Paul Aguilar, who is one of the top officials in CONCACAF. But once again, you know, we've seen uh, some of these referees, uh, you know, once in a while, they'll go the opposite way. Or at least I'll give him credit where credit is due. He didn't want to ruin the game. Mm-hmm. But there's that moment where you guys say, look, we know you don't want to ruin the game. We know you don't want to make it about you. And that's great credit to him. But you're going to have to show some form of control because there's at one point in the game I want to get to this, and and this is what kind of bothered me a little bit. Okay, there was a foul that was called on the impact, and this was in the first half, and Aguilar blew his whistle for the foul. He went over there to try to have a discussion with the Montreal defender, but what happened? Aluenza quickly restarted yeah, without. Scored. And they almost scored. Now, here's my question. Does the referee bring the goal back? Because I'm telling you right now, I don't think he would have brought the goal back. No, but you I mean, see you his first lucky. reaction. He raised his arm and he's about to blow his whistle. But then he just yeah, lets it continue. Exactly, because LDA, because Alouenza, you know, they quickly retook, you know, they quickly restarted the match after the foul. They didn't give the referee the time to blow his whistle or to you know, tell or just to help people to calm down or something. I, exactly. Because, you know, what happens? I mean, what, what happens? Let's just say for the heck of it. Let's just say for the heck of it. Let's just say LDA. Let's say Aluenza scores. Okay. Let's say it's 1-0 Aluenza in the match. It becomes 3-1 on aggregate. I mean, excuse me. Makes, it makes it's it 2-1. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It makes it 2-1 on aggregate for Montreal. And let's just say for the heck of it, you know, he doesn't take the goal back. Because he was trying to do some discussions here to the Montreal defenders saying, hey, listen, you, you got to calm down. You can't keep doing this. Because let's just say it counts and he doesn't take the goal away. You know, there's a problem here. You know, there's a problem. First of all, Montreal got lazy that they almost got scored on. Thank goodness for Bush being aware of what's going on. And yeah. I think it was another defender who was aware of what's been going on. Yes, he was so that to clear you know, off the line before the line, yeah. Exactly. So we don't know what was going to happen in that moment. And this is where Montreal has to understand. You cannot let your guard down, even when the referee blows his whistle. You've got to be aware that there's going to be a quick restart out of the blue. There's going to be a quick restart out of the blue, whether you're going to like it or not. And if you're going to complain about it, Aguilar could have said, look, what, what do you want me to do? They restarted. I let the goal count. Thankfully, it did not count. But you don't know in that situation if it was. Hopefully this game is a blessing in disguise for the impact because it's an experience they learned from. A lot of players were experiencing those of hostile environment and conditions for the first time. Wherever the first leg of the finals is, either in Herediano or Mexico City, the conditions will be familiar. The altitude, uh, less than in Herediano, but Mexico City is similar. And the heat and the hostile crowd, it will be similar. So uh, hopefully the impact will have learned, especially the young players, would have taken a lot of the game the way it happened and not repeat the same mistakes they did tonight. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that they hope they learn. You can't make these same mistakes either against Herediano 
or especially Club America that has been playing in these types of tournaments uh, for a long, long time. Yeah, well, that let, is one let's of the be honest, sparks. Daniel. They, they are so That's hard with each other, the two teams, that they might come out of it injured on both sides. I think two yellows, I know, two reds, and like 10 yellows were, if not more, were happened to the two teams last game. Well, absolutely. And let's not also forget Herdiano, if they score, because they have a 3 0 lead on aggregate, one away goal. And we don't know what Club America is going to do. Because if they go down four goals to nil with the away goal in favor of Herdiano. They to score five goals? Five goals. Five goals. I mean, the tide is turning now in CONCACAF when it comes to the, to the Champions League. Because the Mexican teams have always been the dominant sides. Because, yeah, they have obviously uh, better finances, uh, a better roster better players, not to throw away anything that Montreal has no, done or no, anyone in no. MLS. You're right. Better academies, but better player, better, better everything. Yeah, absolutely. But what we saw with Mexico, that they had to have the playoff and they had to have the United States defeat Panama. Score that, Panama. Score that last goal. The second goal. Mm-hmm. Because the, the third goal, I mean, that was just icing on the cake for Mexico because that second goal was enough. Because the draw would have put Mexico into the playoff, yeah. which it did. And then they won it. The U.S. won it. Mexico uh, uh, has to give uh, basically the U.S. Uh, their uh, <laughs> marketing payday, <laughs> which is like a multi-billion dollars for the FMF. <laughs> yep. We all remember Zussi. Yep, absolutely. All right. On this note, thank you very much, Daniel, for being part of this show today. You can uh, reach Daniel on Twitter at DFirestein and listen to his show this Friday, the blogtalkradio.firesteenfire.com. And uh, talk to you soon, Daniel. Talk to you soon. We'll be right back after this break. The Montreal Impact are going to the final of the CONCACAF Champions League one more time and we will be able to celebrate one more time and we will raise that trophy one more time and the quest for a moment will be accomplished. One more time and the quest for gold will be reality. Montreal can lift a trophy with one more time. Thanks for listening to uh, After Woodworks post game on this historical night. You can reach Kevin and I make it do by email. That's me if you want to reach me. After Woodworks at Offmail.com or on Twitter at Afterwoodworks or at Kev Laramie. This Saturday, Montreal Impact versus Houston. And until next time, well, have a great soccer.